Look at Galatians chapter number 1. And we're going to start tonight at the first chapter and pick up a few things out of the book of Galatians. Now Galatians is a, it's a, it's a real tremendous book. It's kind of a little odd. So you got Matthew, Mark, say it with me, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians. And that's an order it is. And uh, there's having problems in, in Galatia. And it was a problem with the law and grace, which we have a lot of trouble with that even in our day. I see so many that is trying to mix law. If they don't mix law, they'll mix works with law. And uh, they'll mix works with grace. They'll mix law with grace. And sometimes they'll mix law and works with grace. And uh, you'd be surprised that the people are trusting this and that to keep them saved or to get them saved instead of just trusting God with all their heart. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. You see people all the time. Uh, they They think it... Doing good is going to get them to heaven. Turning over a new leaf, going to get them to heaven. And if they don't keep turning over the new leaf and stay there, they're going to lose what they've got. The doctrine of salvation, eternal salvation, in our modern day is so misused and misrepresented. But I want to look at this. Paul, we know who he is and Chapter 1 of Galatians, he gives us his credentials. He says, Paul, and I notice there it's got a comma, then two words, an apostle. An apostle. So Paul is classifying himself as an apostle. You, You can say what you want to, but there's only 12 apostles. A lot of them have been apostolic in their work and in their theology. And we are too in a sense because apostles are sent ones and we're sent in that sense. But we don't bear the brunt of knowing what a real apostle is. A real apostle had to see Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. And so he's the one is to take the place of the leaven or with the eleven, to take the place of Judas Iscariot. I preached that for years, still believe that. I'm not going to change that. But look, it says, Paul, an apostle. Then he's got this in parentheses, not of men. Now I want you to see this. Uh, We overlook little things like this. Paul's saying, not of men. Men's plural, right? I'm not of a group. I'm not of a denomination. Uh, You'll hear some preachers in our day even, and they won't classify themselves as apostles. If you hear anybody say anything about them being an apostle, mark it off. They're not right. Uh, I've preached that and taught that here enough that surely you hang on to it. Uh, Where do you find apostles? You find, I call them an albino group over yonder, calls themselves an apostle. I find them, they're all separated. I'm going to show you a lot of little truths tonight. 
rather than probably preach. I didn't know how, how what we was going to have tonight. But I want to show you some things and I want to dig into this. I want you to have some knowledge of the scriptures. That's my job is to tell you the truth. And so we look at it. He said, not of men. Have you ever heard people say, I'm a, I'm a Methodist preacher? Have you ever heard them say, I'm a Baptist preacher? Another say, I'm a Presbyterian preacher? Well, them's bad terms for any of us. I say it a lot of times, I'm a Baptist preacher. Our pastor, I, I'd rather just say I pastor a Baptist church at the present. But we, it, the Baptists didn't put me in this. The Methodists didn't, the Methodists didn't put me in this. The Presbyterians didn't put me. I am not called of any group, of not any organization. I've been called of God. And so Paul is trying to get that. He said, I'm an apostle, but I'm an apostle not of men. It ain't because men laid their hands on me and sent me forth. A lot of preachers said, well, I remember my ordination when they laid hands on me. And we deviate from the scriptures. Now, I realize in the Bible that they had what they call the presbytery. And it was a men, the men of God that got around and put their hands on those who they sent out as a missionary, sent out as a preacher, sent out as an evangelist. And uh, they laid hands on them and uh, they sent them forth. And all they're doing is just saying, hey, look, we didn't call you. We just backing you up. So when they laid me down and put me on the altar and I laid there and those men come by and put their hands on my head and prayed over me, they didn't put me in the ministry. They just committed me to the ministry. And that's where preachers are to be today. But you, you, you'll see that so many of them just like to get that little title. I'm not one to get the titles. I don't like to be called reverend. I don't like to be called... Uh, anything, brother, you can call me that, call me brother, pastor or something. And uh, But I don't like those titles. All these preachers want to, uh, Reverend and Mrs. this. My wife was always bad about putting Reverend. I'd say, every time she'd do it, I'd say, don't do that. I'd mark it off. And when I wasn't looking, she'd put it on there if I wasn't with her. Amen. She just liked that title. And some of you might like it too, but I try to stay away from it. Paul, an apostle, not a man. The second thing that he tells about, neither by man. They see the difference? You probably never paid much attention to that, men and, and man. Paul said, I don't have no group of men or group of people or some organization that's put me in as an apostle. And he said, I don't have no particular man. I ain't been put in by the Pope. I ain't been put in by the Bishop. I ain't been put in by some patriarch. I haven't been put in by some leader. You see what I'm saying? I've been put in by the Lord Jesus. He tells us that in just the next sentence. He said, but by Jesus Christ. What he's trying to tell them when he goes to Galatia is, I only have one boss, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who tells me what to do and how to do it. And he said, and God the Father. Of course, you have to put them together. He said, uh, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, these two are put him, put him in the ministry. 
And he got on top of that and he even clarifies the God the Father. He says, who raised him from the dead. Paul is saying God raised him from the dead. That's one of the things the Bible said, if thou shalt confess thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God raised, that God hath raised, that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. So God raised him. Amen. And the Trinity is working together in our salvation indeed. So we find the credentials that Paul's given in chapter 1 and verse number 1. And it means a lot to me. Now I'm not going to take verse by verse. Some of these preachers sometimes I can't preach, I can't preach. I tell them to myself, I'll say something to uh, Next time somebody tells me that, I'm going to tell them this. Open your Bible and go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. And read it and say all you can say on that and then move to verse 2. And when you can't say no more on it, move to verse number 3. And just keep it coming through till you learn how to preach. And if God can't back up His Word with you, get out of it. He can't give you something on that. Amen. And that's what I do a lot of times in preaching. And uh, tonight I'm just... I'm, I'm hitting some high spots. I want you to see some things that are doctrinally wrong sometimes to us that uh, we, we take for granted. I just pointed out a few here. In verse 2, he said, In all the brethren, not just some of them, all the brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia. He's writing the letter. He's given the credentials. He's now telling uh, who he's writing it to. And then in verse number 3, which I'm not going to spend time on these uh, verses here, but in verse 3, he said, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Galatians had a problem. They was wanting to talk about works. Not only were they talking about works, they talked about circumcision. They were talking about the law. You see all the stuff that they're putting in there? But Paul is trying to tell you in verse number 3, that it's all grace. Salvation of God is grace. I don't explain or I can't explain and I cannot tell you tonight all that grace means. It's undeserved uh, favor to you and me. Uh, I mean, we don't deserve it. And it's unmerited. We ain't earned it. God gives it to us. The Bible said grace. We're saved by grace through faith. And he tells us it's not of works. He tells us that it's free. God gives grace. It's free. And it's a gift of God. That's what he said. If a gift is free. And so the Bible said uh, it's a gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. So we got to keep that straight. But you'd be surprised that the people that's in a Baptist church today. uh, And of course Baptists are supposed to believe in grace. And if you don't believe in it, you didn't get it. I'm saved by grace. And we're going to look at it. Paul straightened out these believers or tried to straighten them out. He's done been here once. He's done preached to them once. Amen. They were 100% purebred Baptists. I'll prove that to you in a minute. Get down in verse number 4. He said, who gave himself. He's talking about Christ. For our sins. That he might deliver us from this what? Present evil world. And that's what's going to deliver us is the grace of God. According to the will of God and our Father. Now, we want to look at 
uh, verse 5, just quickly, then I'm going to get down to verse number 6, and then we're going to start with a different little thought. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, verses 1 through 5 is glorifying Christ and giving you the credentials of the man of God here. Everywhere Paul went, he began to start off on who he was and what he is there for. And who put him there. He wasn't just running around here making a name for himself. He had a job to do. Every preacher has got a job to do. And every preacher needs to recognize what his job is. And we got a problem with that today. We have. Preachers don't know what their job is. I was sitting, uh, I'm, I'm talking to a man, and I'm trying to do this about every morning now, until I, as long as I can. And I've got some that don't know anything about the Bible. I've got some that know a little bit about the Bible. And then I've got one fellow that knows so much about the Bible that he's dangerous. He don't know due to the squat about it, really. And I'm having an easier time dealing with those who don't know anything about it and those who know little about it than I am about the ones that think they know something about it. He's the one I told you last week. I said something about, I'm just waiting on the rapture of the church for the Lord to come and get us. And he said, I used to believe in that, but I don't believe in that now. And so this week he told me the same thing. I said, or basically, I said to him, I'm just waiting on the shout and listening for the shout and watching toward the sky. He said, uh, I don't believe in that. I said, well, you need to read your Bible some more. Amen. I wasn't mean to him. I'm nice to him. Because he don't know any better. He's been in churches as long as I have. He preached, uh, started preaching way back yonder. And uh, he's, he claims himself a preacher, but he don't preach nowhere. If I, wasn't a, if I was a preacher and God wasn't opening doors for me, I'd be worried. And uh, I'd really be worried if I wasn't preaching nowhere. Because there's two kind, there's, there's two bosses of the, of the pulpit. One is the Lord, and the other is the devil. And when God can't use you, and then the devil won't use you, there's something wrong. Does that make sense? All right. So I just try to look at this. If God w wouldn't use me, I'd want to find out. If the devil. Didn't want to use me. You, you see, if you're a false prophet or a false teacher, the devil will even find you a place to preach. He'll help you with that. But when neither one of them will use you, boy, I'd hate to be an outcast of both God and the devil, wouldn't you? Amen. So I'm just looking at that, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm a looking at this, and I'm trying my best to work slow and easy. So in verse number 6, Paul now, what's he done? He's introduced himself in verse 1 through 5. In verse number 6, Paul's fixing to do something. He, he's fixing to lay the axe to the root. He's fixing to get down to what he come there for, sent the letter for. He's not beating around the bush. Now he's got his introduction in. He's told him who he is where he come from and his credentials. But in verse number six, he says, I marvel. You know what that word marvel is, don't you? That word marvel means I wonder about you. 
I'm amazed at you folks. I got questions about your lifestyle. I've got questions about your faith. I'm concerned about you people at Galatia. I'm disturbed about what I'm hearing. It's going on in your church. I'm shaken. I'm troubled. I marvel, he said. He said that ye are so soon removed. Now that's one thing. But to finish the rest of that little part there, so soon removed, and here's the key, from him. Paul didn't beat no, he didn't beat around the bush here. Said you haven't, you haven't removed from religion. You've got into religion. But you have removed from the only source you have, and that's him. Isn't that what happens to people in churches tonight? When they get upset at something, they move churches and go different places. They are removed from him. I don't want to remove from him. Boy, he is a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. I want to tell you right now, I want to get attached to Jesus. And I don't want to come apart from him. Praise God, he's done so much for me, doing so much for me, and I just can't, I just can't get enough of Christ. Amen. He said, so far removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto. Notice this, and I want you to point out, I want to point out these words to you. Another gospel. Now, there's not such a thing, and when he sees that and shows it to us. But there's the phrase, another gospel in verse number six. And then Paul begins to run across that. And he said in verse number seven, which is not another. Let's look at these anothers for a minute. Not another. In verse six, it's an other gospel. Now it's not another in verse seven. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. So in verse number 7, we find not another gospel. And we find the gospel of Christ, which are two different things. You see that? And he says, here's what you do. There are some of you here today that would pervert. You know what we call perversion, don't you? Something has changed from the original. Something has well, I'm just give you the words that it says. It's distort. You've corrupted. You've diverted. You've warped to truth. And we've got so many in our churches today that have gotten into that. We've removed ourselves from Him. And when we remove ourselves from Him, what happens is we begin to make our own gospel and our own ways of doing. And so Paul set that out. So now there's two gospels there. Or, or two times it's mentioned. Then in verse 8 it said, But though we, now listen to this, this is good. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached, uh, which uh, we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. There's that phrase again, any uh, other gospel. You see that? Amen. Any other gospel. That's another phrase of that one. Now, go back a minute. Verse 8. But 
Though we, Paul said, me or anybody else is with me, if they come in here and preach to you something that we have not already preached to you, he said, let them be accursed. He said, that includes me. I've done told you the truth. Don't let me tell you anything else but that again. And if I do, get ready to throw me out the door. Let me be a curse. Don't even listen to me. And then notice this. And he said, or an angel from heaven. When I read that, I thought, you know what? If we had an angel walk in, an actual angel, we know he come from heaven. And he come up here and he stood in pulpit and he told you something that you had never heard before. And the preacher hadn't preached, you hadn't read that in the Bible. There'd be so many in the church that'd say, angel said it, it's got to be right. Paul said if an angel comes out of glory, comes down and gets the pulpit and preaches something I've already, had not already preached to you. Don't you listen to him. I'm, I'm going here. I'm going with something here in just a minute. I've seen this happen so much. And he says, Preach any other gospel unto you than that which, is, which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. That word curse, accursed means cursed, damned, doomed, and condemned. God said, if an angel comes and preaches anything else of what I preach to you, let them be doomed and damned to a devil's hell. You said, I couldn't do that to an angel. Well, you can rest assured, it would be an angel from God. Because he wouldn't preach anything. God hadn't even chosen angels, number one, to preach. They are ministering spirits. They're to help us and strengthen us. Now, when I read this, that straightens my mind out on a lot of things. This has straightened it out for ages. And that is, if somebody came to this church and they sat down on the pew here, and all of a sudden we give an invitation, not an invitation, but an opportunity for them to witness or give a testimony. And some dear little sweet lady, get up, or some young man, get up, said, let me tell you what I experienced I went to the hospital and laid on the bed and I had an out-of-the-body experience and I was called up into glory. And I seen this and I heard this and angels said this to me. Can you just see church members saying, that's glorious. But Paul's telling us here, if anybody's telling us something that's not in this book, and if they're telling you they've been to heaven, I've known a few that's gone a certain portion. Enoch walked into heaven, but ain't Enoch ain't been back to tell me about it. Elijah went to glory. I know he went to glory because I saw him in the in the seventeenth chapter of Matthew, and he was there, so he was with the Lord. But he has not come back and told me anything about what he saw. And I read one in the Bible that was caught up into the third heaven, which is by the name of Paul. And the Bible said he, it was unlawful for him to tell. So when you buy in these books of these people that's here, and got a, 
They're just making money. I would mark it off. He said, but it sounds so real. That's right. Even the devils himself, he makes his ministers ministers of fire, brother, and they can make you believe anything. You said, I wouldn't talk like you're talking. That's the reason you're not standing where I'm standing. Amen. God will put you in a ministry like you can preach anything you want to. But you better get you a good Bible. Amen. Are you seeing that tonight? And I, I hope you understand that. Uh, I, I don't. Somebody said, I went to this place and they told me I bought this book. I saw this little excerpt. I saw this little video and so forth where somebody had told me what they'd experienced. I've even seen those, some of those same ones that don't even go to church tell them stories. It's kind of like, and I'll throw this in since I'm here. You know, I don't know, it seems like I get like a magnet, or a magnet kind of pulls me into some of this stuff. It's controversial. It's not that I want to do it. But you take a, you take a football player it says he gets saved, and then he's going around from church to church, giving his testimony, and talks about that. Let me tell you something. When God called me to preach, God anchored me in the Scriptures. And when God puts you in His work, He'll anchor you in the Scriptures. I believe God has chosen the church to be the pillar of truth. I believe it's set up for that. And I believe everybody needs to find a local church and not hop from one place to another unless you're moving. Amen. And I believe, I, like this fellow I'm a talking to, he goes from one church to another church and sometimes he don't even go to one. But he knows so much about the Bible. I'm not knocking him. I'm trying to win him. You pray for me. But these, these uh, football players... They may be great football men. They may be great in their field. But how are you going to jump from one church to another and all you're going to do is give your testimony? You're not, you're not going to be anchored. You're a novice. Don't know nothing about the Bible. All you got is a testimony. That's good for that part. But they'll be in the minister for 30, 40 years and they'll blow out after a while. It won't take that long. 10 years. Give me, a, give me right now a football player or some other sportsman or woman that you know about that started off like that and after four or five years, where are they at now? They're not going to church giving their testimony. Why? It blowed out. And the reason it blowed out is because they were not anchored in the Word of God. God wants every man and woman to sit under a preacher that preaches the truth. Well, we are a God of teaching going on, haven't we? Amen. It's his teaching. And uh, of course this will make most church folks mad. But I'm telling you the truth. That's the way it is. Now Paul goes on. I'm going to skip a verse or two. Because there's some other things I want to look at. And we need to see that. Going down in. Let's go to verse number 11. Uh, in verse number 11 he said. But I certify you brethren. That the gospel. Now, it's mentioned several times. I didn't. I got it wrote down over here, and I'm going to give them to you. You can go look them up yourself. The gospel is mentioned, verse 11, chapter 2, verse 5, chapter 2, verse 7, chapter 2, verse 14, chapter 3, verse 8, chapter 4, verse 13. The gospel. 
You know what the gospel is, don't you? It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's right. It's not another gospel. It's not uh, anything else but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul wants to give you something. Verse 12 said, For I neither received it of man. What? He didn't receive the gospel of man. The gospel's not mine. The gospel does not even belong to the church. The gospel does not belong to the Baptists. It don't belong to any denomination. The gospel has been given to us through Jesus Christ and it was revealed unto Paul. And the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ again, I say. And it was, he said, neither was I taught it. He wasn't taught it. It was a revelation. I'm teaching the gospel when I say this is a death, burial, and resurrection. People have to be taught things. But I want to tell you, Paul said, that was given to me. And now he's giving it to us. And that's why I preach it, because it's given to us. And so he said, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, look at verse 13. The Bible said, for ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. Now, do you see them two words, Jews' religion? Now, if you've got a Schofield Bible, it's going to have a number one footnote, footnote there. I've got a Schofield Bible without, foot, without Schofield's notes. And if it don't have a footnote there, say hallelujah and go on because you don't need Schofield's notes. But it said in times past in, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Now he's talking about the Jews' religion. That's what they've got. That's what most church folks have got, religion. They don't have the good case of salvation saved by grace. They've got religion. And religion's ruined our country. Religion is ruining our world. The devil's got a religion. Amen. Verse number 14. And profited in the Jews' religion. There it is again. Paul said, I not only persecuted the church in the Jews' religion... But I profited in the Jews' religion. That's how he made his living. In the Jews' religion. Most people are making money and trying to overcome and make a living in the Jews' religion. Or could be anybody else's religion as far as that's concerned. And profiting in the Jews' religion above my many my equals in mine own nation being more exceeding Seemingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Now, he's going to tell you what's happened to him and how come he... You remember when I first started Paul an Apostle? Paul is still on the avenue of trying to explain to them why he's an Apostle and how he got to be there. An Apostle had to see a resurrected Christ. He had to see somebody. He had to see Christ who had been raised from the dead. Verse 15, he said, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, and then he said, To reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Now notice this, Paul said, Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. 
He didn't go see what the Baptists, what the Presbyterians, what the Methodists, what the Catholics, what the Church of God had to say about it. He didn't try to see what some preacher thought. And that's, that's modern day. And I, and I don't mean be mean with this, but when I was young, uh, sometimes I'd have some little something come up in the church. Back yonder, I'm talking about way back yonder. And I didn't know how to handle it. I know how to handle it now, but I didn't know how to handle it. I'd call a good preacher friend that I knew. And I'd get their advice. You'd be surprised that the preachers do that still to this day. Matter of fact, they call me sometimes. And ask me what I'd do. You know what I tell them right now? I say, well, first thing you do, get you a Bible and go out in, at the old rock altar if you've got one. Or in the woods somewhere behind a basement or a closet somewhere. And get down on your knees and say, God, show me what you want. And you do what he tells you to do. But when you don't know, you don't know. So Paul said, I didn't go confer with flesh and blood. I didn't check with the preacher. I didn't check with anybody else. So he says here what he done. He said, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to ask them which were, were apostles. I didn't go even find out from the other apostles what they thought I ought to do. He said, but I went into Arabia and returned again into Damascus. And he said, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him what? Fifteen days. That must have been some meeting. Paul's been out there now for three years gone. Nobody knows him. Matter of fact, I'm going to read it to you in a minute. They didn't even know who he was when he come back. Peter did. He remembered him when he left. If you'll read the first part of the book of Acts, you'll find out that Paul stirred up everything from the early days of his ministry. You said, where did he see Christ, the risen Christ? He saw him on the road to Damascus, chapter 9. He saw heaven shine and the bright, so much light and glory that he was blind for three days. You remember that? He saw the glorified God. Others heard a voice, but they couldn't see nobody. You see what I'm saying? They, they could hear those things. So here he is. He comes in and uh, stays with, with uh, Peter for 15 days. Can you imagine that's some 15-day trip? Peter probably pacing the floor in the other room in there, saying, I wonder when he's going to leave. Amen. You think it's glory and all that? Listen. You read a little bit further in the book of Galatians, you're going to find out that Peter and Paul have some words. <laughs> they they actually had a division, and uh, Paul on top. Peter been around a long time, and you'd think he'd have the all the answers to everything, but Paul turned around and rebuked Peter, straightened him out. Sometimes a preacher has to straighten out another preacher. Amen. I've had a few straighten me out a time or two. Amen. Uh, we've got to look at this thing real. So he went back down there after three years. He went down to Jerusalem, stayed with Peter for 15 days. And he said, but other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. After, for those 15 days he was back, he saw James and he saw Peter, but he hadn't seen the others. 
Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not. Afterwards, what? Afterwards the 15 days with Peter. I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. And notice verse 22, and was unknown by face unto the church. They didn't know who he was. They had probably heard of Paul. Maybe hadn't even heard him. He's young. He's new. He's in this thing for the first time. But here's the, the, the apostle filled the place of Matthias. And was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But it said here in verse 23, it does answer the question for me. But they had heard only. They didn't have about heard about him, but they hadn't seen him. Didn't recognize. Have you ever seen people you don't know? Amen. That they know you? Have you ever seen people you know, but they don't know you? <laughs> Amen. I had the privilege of seeing one fella today, pastor one of the big churches here in, in the county. And I've introduced myself three times to him. And he was excited all three times. And he saw me today and didn't even know me. And I didn't introduce myself another time. I just sat there. Ain't that right? You was with me. <laughs> Well-known preacher. Amen. But he said, verse 23, But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. And they glorified God in me. Now they got their first experience of him. Now, I'm going to go look at something else for you, and I'm going to find myself a place to get off and quit here. But let's look at verse number 3. He's going to, of chapter 2, we're going to find what Paul's trying to get across to him to see what's going on. He said, but neither Titus, who was with me. Titus, you remember the boys, I call them the boys that run with Paul. Well, several of them is Barnabas and all them. But the ones I'm talking about in these epistles is Timothy and Titus. Now, Titus, and it tells us being a Greek, he was a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Titus was with them. Circumcision is an Old Testament ritual. And uh, so they're saying to Titus, if you're going to be part of us, Titus, you're going to have to be circumcised. Now, we're walking into a place of works here. He said, but neither Titus who was with me being a Greek was, he said, was compelled to be circumcised. So they wanted to get into that. And it goes on down in verse number 8, for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the toward gen, the Gentiles. Now, in verse 11, you find something come up. Peter gets involved, as I mentioned a while ago. But when Peter was come to Antioch, Paul said, I withstood him. Face to face, he told him what's what. I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain name, or certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were coming, uh, come, come, 
He withdrew and separated himself. When they came in, Peter was eating with the, with the Gentiles. Fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. It would cause such a conflict in the church between these two preachers. We have that same stuff today in America. One preacher fight another preacher. I don't have time to fight preachers. I don't even have time to preach the word of God like I ought to. But if you preach the word of God, you agree on things. But what happens is they had that problem. So Peter had to uh, get the truth here. He said in verse 14, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as, the do, as do the Jews? Uh, you're, you're jumping from post to post. You're compromising. A circumcision didn't save nobody. Just like baptism today don't save nobody. But we got so many people that are working in those things and that's what, and they're getting those works going. So Paul has to go on with it and he talks about it. And so I want you to look with me, please, to verse number 17, and this is where we're finishing up, down through the remainder of that chapter. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we, are also, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. Now he's going to tell you how you li he lives unto God. I am crucified with Christ. This is my favorite verse of Galatians. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. I live, but it's not really me. You understand that? That's what he's saying. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. Notice this. I live by, and I've got these marked in my Bible, the faith of the Son of God. Now let me ask you, is it your faith that you're living by or is it His faith? Is your salvation your faith or is it His faith? John 1, 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power. What is that power? The faith. The power to become the sons of God. So he tells us, he said, The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, if you're saved by your faith, you're not going to make it. Because you don't have much faith. We are saved by His faith. And that's why I know I believe in eternal security. I'm not, I'm not saved by me. I'm not saved by you. I'm not saved by the Baptists. I'm not saved by religion. I'm not saved by the church. I'm saved by faith in Jesus Christ. 
Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Whatsoever is not of faith, amen, will not please God. I'll guarantee you that. And it's, it goes on and on and on and on. So Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So righteousness does not come by the law. The law shows you how unrighteous you are. And a schoolmaster and points you to Christ. Baptism will not save you. It will just show the world that you've been saved. Or at least gone through the motion of having faith in Christ. Amen. All right. We'll stop there. It's a good book. I wish I could have just took chapter one and just went verse by verse, word by word. That's how I like to study the Bible. But I believe we've got enough to catch on. Amen. Y'all can go watch some of them out of the body experiences. All right. Let's pray. Father, give us wisdom and understanding. Help us tonight to stand in the gap, make up the hedge. Be a true faithful servant till we draw our last breath. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being part of the family of God. Use it all for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.